Hello, and welcome to The Best is Net to Come. My name is Josh, and I am joined by Michael Rubenstein. Look at the two of us today. Richard Chuba is not here, but we are here as always. We are going to be talking about the Nets' two losses. They had some rough losses Friday. Wow, what a debacle with the whole Kevin Durant COVID situation. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about also a little bit about Saturday's loss. I was hoping Harden would have a uh, vintage night, but he uh, he did all he could. Unfortunately, the Nets bench just looked worse than ever. And we're also going to do a little talk on Norvell's uh, coming out party. Uh, going to talk about the signing of today, Noah Vonley. And we're also going to talk about some other trades in the league. But first, going to talk about yesterday's Super Bowl. Now, we are a basketball pod, but... You would have to be a fool not to have a take on the Super Bowl. And I have a quick take, and it's a very personal one. I mentioned this in our group chat. Uh, Mike and I are in a group chat with a lot of friends from our hometown. And my take, and I'm a New York Jets fan, just to, to preface this. I said this last night. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is now in my universe the biggest heel there is. Todd Bowles is from Elizabeth, New Jersey. So he's a hometown boy. He went to my college. He went to Temple University. Bruce Arians was his coach at Temple University, who was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was also, for about three years, I think it was three, Todd Bowles was the head coach of the New York Jets, my favorite football team, unfortunately. And they did have one good year. where He won 10 games and I think Fitzmagic happened, but, you know, it kind of petered out after that. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that Todd Bowles decides that he's going to win a Super Bowl. He won it this year, largely due to his defensive schemes, completely shutting Mahomes out of the end zone with no other than Lucifer himself, Tom Brady. (laughs) And it was so painful watching Mahomes having to scramble on every single play last night, knowing that it was all Todd Bowles is doing. And also because the offensive line was crap. But the incredible defensive work from Todd, good for you for getting a Super Bowl, but fuck you, man, for doing it again with Tom Brady. Mike, do you have any quick takes from the Super Bowl? Before I get into my quick take, I'll just <laughs> – I know you're you're more uh, attached to the whole Todd Bowles thing with the Jets and Temple – I mean, he's not the one who who signed Tom Brady. Uh, he didn't go to the Bucks, you know, because of Tom Brady. So I'll, I'm going to cut yeah. him a little slack. Um, but no, you have every right to feel that way, watching your guy win it with our, you know, arch nemesis. And just to add on to that with the with the defense, I saw a crazy stat today. The last two Super Bowls Brady has won. The opposing team has not scored a touchdown, and it's not like those teams were bad offensive teams. It was the 33-point-per-game Rams, who scored three points because they're running back, like, got arthritis in his knee. And then this year, the Pat Mahomes-led Chiefs could not score a touchdown. Like, it's just it's just crazy. Like, Tom Brady played a great game. He deserved to win that game. Like, it was obvious. He was in his element. He was at his peak yesterday. But the fact that the Chiefs couldn't even, like, fight back at all was just – it was one of the worst Super Bowls I can remember watching along with that Rams uh, Patriots yeah. Super Bowl and the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl. We we talked with our friends last night. Like, it just sucks when you hype up this greatest quarterback matchup of all time, 
And then we forget, like, in that hype, he's playing Mahomes with no starting tackles. Like, that's a huge deal. And what we saw yesterday was another case of offensive line, defensive line are the foundation of football. And it doesn't matter how much talent you have. Travis Kelsey, arguably with Gronk, like, they're the top two tight ends in recent times, if not ever. And Tyreek Hill is, like, the fastest, quickest guy, like, hardest to guard. And they couldn't do anything. They, I mean, they dropped a few that really hurt. But oh, yeah. the fact a that, couple of balls ricocheted off of some people's faces, and that yeah. that was extremely frustrating. I imagine no more so than for Patrick Mahomes, who was yeah. an incredible quarterback. It was just not his night. It was totally yeah. not his night. The offensive line was was like fucking Nets defense level. Yeah, they were the turnstiles. Yeah, they were the turnstiles. They were the true um, the Kansas City turnstiles last night. Did you see the thing? It was like Mahomes ran 500 yards total in the game yeah, before throwing the ball. That's insane. Like that's he had no with, chance. And he has like turf toe, and yeah. like you know he's got a concussion in the last couple of weeks or whatever. So it's yeah. not like look. My favorite thing to do in the world is to take a guy like Tom Brady, who is the most winning NFL player in history and will always be, and his record is going to be insurmountable. I love to peg him down because I hate the guy. He ruined my <laughs> like football life. <laughs> but. You know, there are some legitimate reasons why the the Bucks won that are not because of Tom Brady. It's the the Chiefs just could not get anything going. We don't we're not gonna talk about it too much, but mm-hmm. it's a bummer. It's a bummer for all football fans that the game was as bad as it was. Because like you said, this was supposed to be a battle of two of the best quarterbacks of all time. And the Brady, you know, he showed up, he did what he's supposed to do. Uh you know, Mahomes just couldn't get it done. And that's unfortunate. And well, it's over now. Now we can focus all of our attention on basketball, and that's that's great. That's what I like. So let's move on to two terrible losses. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot to be happy about this pod. <laughs> no, no, this was a little dreaded, but we're going to talk about it anyway because that's what we do. So if you guys watched on Friday, you saw Kevin Durant not start a game because of COVID protocols, then come in the game in like the middle of the second quarter, play about a quarter – Play the rest of the quarter, come in the third, play about five minutes into the third. Then, while he's waiting for one of his fouls to be ter- overturned, because he almost was like about to get fouled out of the game, he finds out that the person that he was with, who was a Nets personnel, who was taking him to his COVID test, actually, tested positive, And it was inconclusive at first, and it wasn't, but then it was positive, And he had to leave the game. Mid-game. It completely threw off the team. They ended up losing to the Raptors. Then Kyrie also got a finger sprain, so he didn't play the next night. Harden goes and loses to the Sixers by himself because the Nets bench was absolutely horrid on Saturday. They looked terrible in the third quarter. And the Nets go from 14-9 and off of all of that momentum from the Clippers win to 14-11 and and now are out Kevin Durant for the rest of the week and are in a very shaky situation with Kyrie and his sprained finger. Uh, Mike, walk me through your thoughts during that Friday night game. Uh, yeah, it was just bizarre. And it was, a, I think, just a rare case of, like, the NBA mishandling a situation. Because I think, like, for the most part, besides, like, possibly the All-Star game, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, the NBA has done a pretty good job with COVID, going back to the bubble, um, making the schedule the way they've made it so far, like, seems smart. 
Uh, I, I, I trust Adam Silver so much. I think he does like all the right things. And this was a case like, I don't know who it was, but someone fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I understand pulling Durant from the game. Like, that's fine. But letting him on was the mistake. And then at least like, you know, I hate when people double down on mistakes. So at least like they realized, hey, he shouldn't be in the game. And it's going to look really bad. But like the right thing to do is probably get him, you know, less opportunities out there to expose others to better. And even though like it's common sense says, well, he was out there. Now everyone's at risk. Like, I think pulling him again in hindsight is the right thing to do. Just in the moment, it was just such a gut punch. Like we're fighting in this game, you know, it's going back and forth. Durant's like our best player. We need him. But overall, like, I think it is the right move, but I think the right move would then to also be cancel the upcoming Brooklyn and Toronto games because now potentially yeah. everyone is exposed. That's so the fact that – That's what I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Yeah. No, the, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I, they have one day, two choices, and they didn't make them. I mean, you, yes. Yeah, okay. They pull, they pull Durant mid-game to mitigate any further disaster, but ultimately they should have either sat him for the whole game or if they played him and then pulled him, then – like end the game and everyone on the nets and everyone on the Raptors has to be in this health protocol for the next week as well. Cause if they interacted with Durant, they are of the same logic potentially exposed. Right. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't all of the Raptors games for the next week be canceled too? all the nets games for the next week. Yeah. It just does. It, it doesn't make sense. The way they do things uh, are very hodgepodge and, 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 you, I mean, it's been working for the most part. They're just trying to get through the season, and for the most part, it's working. There's a lot of games that are being canceled, but they will probably be made up, hopefully. Um, it's just really, really bizarre when it happens mid-game like that, especially to this Nets team that is now, you know, we're going into the middle of February, and they're still working out, like, basic, like, chemistry issues. They're still working out, like, who's their starting five. They're still working out, like, all of the basic things that should be done by now. I guess in this crazy season, it's just not working the way they thought it would. And you can see the frustration on Durant's face. And I felt just as frustrated when he got mm-hmm. when, when he was told to leave. And, and in all of the post-game uh, conversations with Harden and Jeff Green and, and even Joe Harris got really heated in the post-game. He was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, I'm so, just as confused as you. And if a guy who's on his team doesn't know what's going on, then you know they're not going to play well if everyone's confused. So that – are we in for a tough week now, Mike, after yeah, this? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the Nets, you mean, as we? Like, yes. Or, like, or are we as are, a people? <laughs> yeah. I think as a human race we are. But no, as for the Nets, yes. like, are we in for a tough week of games? Because they they're playing the Pistons on Tuesday, then they play, I think, the, the Pacers on Wednesday. Uh, are we in for can, a tough week, or can they shake off the funk? They can definitely beat the Pistons with just James Harden. Um, the Pistons are bad, and they gave a scare the other day to the Lakers. And I remember waking up thinking, like, why are there so many highlights of LeBron hitting two clutch threes in double overtime? And no yeah. one's talking about why they're in double overtime against the Pistons. Um, they lost to the Pistons, like, two weeks prior. Yeah, so anyway, the Nets should beat the Pistons with just James Harden. as, And it, maybe it's a good chance for the other guys to just prove – that they deserve to be on the team and play hard. That's really all you have to do with James Harden running the point. Like, they were competitive against the Sixers for a while. I know the final score looked bad, but I remember looking up in the third quarter, and it was like a one-point game. And then I blinked, and it was like a 15-point game. 
Um, but like for a while, James Harden is capable of leading a team uh, full of Joe Harris's and Jeff Green's and guys like that. So maybe they'll come out. They'll surprise us. The Pacers will be a tough game. That's the second night of a back-to-back. I think. Yeah, well, the, the yeah. Pacers have been a little bit of a slump. So I'm excited for the Pacers game because I think that they can take advantage of some of the Pacers. Um, I don't know. They, they are also kind of going through a weird phase where Sabonis is getting very frustrated and he's kind of throwing off the mood of the team. Now, I, mm. I don't know how much to read into like team mood just by watching games, but you can see the frustration kind of right there on, on his face. And he's like their best player right now. Mm-hmm. So. If your best player is not happy, then, you know, it's hard to see the team doing well. But Kyrie is also currently game time decision for tomorrow or Tuesday night because of his finger sprain. So we'll see if he comes back and he plays. Hopefully he does. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he just jammed it. It doesn't seem like it was much more than that. Well, there was not a lot of nice things to talk about about these games because, you know, other than Harden holding up for about two and a half quarters – the Nets looked terrible in that third quarter. The, their bench totally blew it. Um, they tripped up bad. But they're not even my tripped up. I tripped up was actually going to be the NBA this week uh, for the entire Durant mess. We can talk about Norvell. Norvell Pell at his coming out party. He started on – oh, he didn't start. But he played on Saturday for his first game as a Net. He had three great blocks, three, like, classic blocks. And his first one came in, like, within a minute of him being on the court. There was a floating layup, and he jumped up really high and just swatted the shit out of it. It was really fun to watch. However, his rebounding was not exactly where it needs to be. He was playing a lot of perimeter defense for a big guy that's kind of not where you need to be when the ball is being shot. And he also fouled out, which, okay, you know, he's getting his bearings, probably hasn't played a professional game in a long time. But he fouls out in his first game. Makes me wonder if he's a little too clunky to play um, in professional league. Uh, what did you think <laughs> of what you saw of, of uh, Norvell? Well, what you just ended that sentence with is exactly what I was thinking. Is like the guy was not on a roster for a reason. Like we can't <laughs> we can't expect this guy to come in and be exactly what we need right away, like an all star. Like yeah, give yeah. him some time. He got the blocks. That's what we want. He was going against uh, a tough Sixers team. With Joel Embiid, um, I don't remember, you know, play for play exactly what his matchup was, but you know, he's got he's got to get his legs under him, get the speed of the game. Uh, but I think we have to set our expectations a little more reasonable than I think we like to with our friends when we, when we hype him up. Yeah, like we he was not on a team. Like he was a free agent for a reason, and all we want is something. Like when DeAndre Jordan needs a break and isn't playing well, which is most of the time, like. We need a guy we could at least turn to, and if that's what he is, um, then I'll take it for a few minutes at a time. If he fouls out, he fouls out. Like we don't need him in the fourth quarter, you know, last five minutes in a close game. So, you know, what's he saving those fouls for? Um, so I hope he he finds his role. But I know they're bringing in Vonley now. Claxton is I think like three weeks from returning. So if he doesn't prove something, he's not gonna he's not gonna last. So I hope he shows up. Yeah, they say at least three weeks for Claxton, so that usually yeah. means like six. Yeah. But <laughs> Noah Vonley has just been signed today. Iman Shumpert has been there. He's been sitting oh, on the bench. They haven't, they haven't really been playing him. They have all of these guys now in the Nets. Pretty much everyone who's not the big three and Joe Harris is on like a two-way contract right now. 
and they could be dropped, uh, uh, you know, at literally any moment's notice. The Nets, I saw a good tweet about it. I forget who posted it, but basically the Nets are just trying to see what sticks. They're trying to see which one of these guys can actually perform a consistent basis well enough that they can keep them on the team moving into the second half of the season. And, you know, they've picked some good guys. We're hoping to see some good things from Vonley, I think, could be okay. I think Norvell Pell could be okay. But we got to see some more. And if neither of them work out, you know what the Nets are going to do. They're going to bang that buyout market hard. They are going to get a guy like Andre Drummond to come to the team and, and pay him a lot of money or whatever. So the Nets are just trying to see what sticks. They're throwing a bunch of paint at the wall. Whatever sticks, sticks. Um, is there anything you remember about Noah Vonley? Because I know he was on the Knicks for a little bit. He's a young guy, mm-hmm. so he's got some spryness to him probably. I'm just curious um, – was it because yeah. the Knicks were so bad that it kind of ruined Vonley's career and that's why he wasn't on a team this year? Or was he just like no, like not good? So I'm trying to remember because I don't follow the Knicks, you know, game to game like I do the Nets, obviously. But I do catch some headlines and, and some games every now and then because I'd like to just listen to uh, Clyde <laughs> Wall Frazier mm-hmm. with his, his, you know, yes. his rhyming. Um, I, I think Vonley, he got caught up when the, the Knicks just signed too many forwards the last couple of years. Like they had that whole mix of um, like Taj Gibson with Julius Randle and Kevin Knox. Like they just kept getting forwards. And I think Vonley might have, I could be wrong. Like Knicks fans out there, tell me if I'm wrong. I'd be happy to admit it. But I think he was just part of that time of they just had too many of those guys and they needed uh, something different. So I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's got some size, if, I, if I'm if i remembering correctly. I think he's a little taller than you'd think at first. And I mean, that's all the Nets need is uh, some size and some defense and speed at the wing. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know as much as I wish I did about Noah Bonley. I don't think most Nets fans do. I don't think most NBA fans do. Uh, CJ McCollum tweeted uh, that it was a great pickup. I think CJ McCollum is like a like a hardcore Nets fan cuz I've been <laughs> listening to like interviews with about with him and he's like, "Yo, I've been watching every Nets game this year. They're so fun to watch." It's like, "Bro, you are literally on in a competing team." <laughs> like, is that is that collusion? I don't know what that is, but yeah, uh, McCollum says it was a great pickup, so I I I'm hoping he's right. Yeah, and they also have Shumpert just sitting there. I'm, I'm curious why they haven't played him yet to see how he can work on the defense at least, you know? Because, like, another problem with the Nets' defense isn't just the big man. It's also that their guards just kind of let guys walk in the door. Their guards don't really have any strength to them. Kyrie Irving's a little man. He's not that big for, like, uh, you know, he's my height, which means he's not big enough to be, like, a presence mm-hmm. on the court. Uh, other than him, like, you know, everyone else is kind of turnstile-esque. So I was hoping to see maybe Yaman Shumpert playing at the top of the key on defense to see if that stops guys from coming into the paint or at least puts pressure on guys to make bad passes and stuff. I don't know. Like, I want to see something that Shump can do. Yeah. So I just looked up a little bit more about Noah Vonley. And when he was on the Knicks, it was uh, in the 18-19 season. So that is the time period I was thinking of. He He's 6'10". I didn't realize he was that tall. Uh, so that that's some pretty good height. And he does shoot threes. Uh, not a crazy percentage, but when he was on the Knicks, he shot 33% from three, which means he's willing to shoot them. 
And we know on this Nets team, if you stand in the corner, you're going to get open threes. So as a 6'10 guy on the defensive side who can also shoot threes on the offensive side, maybe there's something there. And maybe that's why CJ McCollum was uh, so high on it. Opens the floor. Opens the yeah. floor quite a bit, which would be yeah. great. Especially because they got, you know, real bricklayers out there nowadays with TLC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, TLC has been still playing bad, but I will say my stepped up this week, even though he stepped up in like a garbage game, was uh, Shamit. Landry mm-hmm. Shamit has sort of been finding his game. He's possibly getting his shot back. His percentage has been going up. The past four games, he's been shooting, I think, at least in the high 30s, probably maybe even over 40%. I haven't checked. Been shooting pretty well from three as well. Uh, he had his season high, I think, 22 points on Saturday. So, Shamit, I'm still not really feeling your game. <laughs> but good for you. You played pretty well last week. You're hitting some of your shots. And you make TLC look like even more of a bag of shit. So good for you, man. No, I mean, I'll echo the Shamit thing because good, good for him. He's a shooter. Shooter, shoot. He's going to keep shooting. And if he makes them, the Nets are a much better team in it. <laughs> than when he misses them, so we need that. And other than that, I mean, yeah, maybe James Harden stepped up for just playing against the Sixers. <laughs> like, he yeah. could have just been like, no, nah, I'll sit tonight too. Like, why were we even trying? But he well, tried. He kind of he did. Like, they, <laughs> he tried hard until the, the Sixers went on that run in the third quarter. I think Danny Green had, like, two or three threes in a row, and the Nets were down by, like, 13 or 15. Yeah. And then Harden was just like, yeah, nah, this is when I check out. And he didn't play the entire fourth quarter. There was actually a point where the Nets bench was playing in the fourth, and they brought it within nine. I think it was like five minutes left, and the Nets were only down nine. And I was like, ooh, is Harden come in the game now all of a sudden? But he, I think he was just like, nah, you know what? Uh If they want to win on their (laughs) own, they can win. But I'm not coming in. I'm not going to be the hero here. I tried Mm -hmm. my hardest. He looks super frustrated, too. Man, I'm really nervous about this Pistons game and the Pacers game, which are both, you know, they're, they're Eastern Conference teams. Not that the Pistons are, like, a team to worry about, but the Pacers are. The Pacers are probably the other team that could get the fourth seed instead of the yeah. Nets. So I think the Pacers are our most likely first-round matchup. Probably either the Pacers or, you know, depending on how well they do, I could see if the Nets do better – I could see the Nets end up playing like the Hawks or something in the mm-hmm. in the uh, and maybe the Nets are a two or a three. They end up playing like a seventh seed Hawks. Yeah. And I'd be really worried about that too. Mm-hmm. Well, not much fun to talk about, obviously, like we said, for these last two games. They were just derailed by the whole COVID situation with Kevin Durant. He's gonna be back on Friday, which means that he'll be able to make it to Saturday's game against Golden State. But this is a different Golden State team than they played. Um in the beginning of the season, you know, they just look much better. They played a heck of a game on Saturday against the Mavs and they actually blew out the Mavs on, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday before that. So what are the Nets going to do against this new kind of finding themselves uh, Curry sort of pseudo MVP season that's going on? Uh, It's going to be a shootout. (laughs) It's going to be who can score 145 and hold the other to 144. I think like I don't think the Warriors will be able to stop the Nets if the Nets have their players and I don't think the Nets can stop you know Curry and Oubre and Wiggins cuz those like Cur- Curry's going to chuck up his threes and there's going to be offensive 
you know, rebounding opportunities if he misses them. So he either makes them and the Nets get crushed by that or the Nets get crushed on the glass. And Ubre and Wiggins are athletic enough to penetrate. We know the Nets don't do well with those kinds of guys. And, yeah, uh, the Warriors are just fast. They're going to play fast the whole game. I think they're going to make the Nets play a little faster than they want to because I think Harden has typically tried to slow the game down from how the Nets started the season with that like whole, like, we're just going to run this, like, unpredictable offense, and whoever shoots it, shoots it. I think it's a little more traditional now with Harden running it. Um, But I think the Warriors are going to kind of coax them back into that running gun. And if if the shots are going down, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, that's Friday, you said Friday night. Yeah, that that will be on uh, Saturday, actually. Oh, Saturday. Uh, but but technically, that's when Durant, his like, um, quarantine is over on Friday, I guess. Okay. Well, I will look forward to watching that game. That's gonna be a fun one. Should be a good one. Yeah. Now, like we're talking COVID all game, we're talking COVID all day. The COVID stuff is endlessly confusing, and star players are missing weeks of games that are crucial for seeding in the playoffs. Like this is huge that now Durant's going to miss his second week as a net because of something that he didn't even get multiple stars, including LeBron Giannis. I mentioned last week, Darren Fox, who may or may not even be in the game have voiced their dissenting opinions about this all-star game that is planned for March 7th in Atlanta. They all seem to really not want to do it. Is this all-star game going to actually happen as it's clear that it shouldn't Mike? I think it will happen. I think everyone knows that it shouldn't, including the NBA. But the players are like, they're not being shy about it. Like, they're just like, it's because of the money. We all know it's because of the money. And for that reason, I think the NBA is going to want to get it done. And people will still watch. Like, if it happens, we'll all be cheering for it. Like, when it happens, we'll be like, oh, this is great. Like, another, I hope they do the whole, like, Kobe-style ending that was really exciting. Like, we'll get to see it, like, oh, all of our favorite players. We're going to love it that night when it happens, but the whole week leading up to it, it's just going to be, you know, every talk show talking about this, this is stupid. This shouldn't be happening. All the players are going to be down. Like they deserve to go, like go see their families too. Like I I heard, I think Giannis say it, like we want to see our families and they're humans at the end of the day. They're dealing with this whole thing. Like think of the, um, the Raptors right now. The Mm -hmm. Raptors are, not playing in Toronto. Literally every game for them is a road game, technically. Like, they might have their family set up in Toronto, and they're literally spending six months away from their family with, like, the the inability to travel back and forth. Like, give them this chance to to have that time. I don't know how many Raptors are going to be all star, so maybe they're not the perfect example. But No, but you're right. Like, they should even... Even if it wasn't the case, like even if there were four all-stars on the Raptors, they should still think about these things. It doesn't seem like they're not really thinking about like how important that week will be for players to refresh mentally. Yeah. And I think that if you really ask anyone, I mean, we all like the all-star game, but what's more important, the game itself or the selections? Yeah. It's about the pride of who gets picked. Yeah, it's about the selections. Like, I don't yeah. care what happens. I didn't even watch the All-Star game last year. I heard it was fun, but I didn't care about who was playing. I just cared about who was in it. As long as I know who's in it, I'm like, oh, good for them, and then that's it. It doesn't really matter what happens at the game. Yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch it because I was, I was working. <laughs> it was an <laughs> afternoon in Australia. So I, yeah, uh, yeah, I just had to watch right, all the, the highlights, and it looked fun, and I was sad to miss it. 
but yeah, like the All Star Game, it's literally just a three point shooting contest now, and you know the, the defense at the end got a little more intense because of the whole Kobe rule. But I don't need to watch it. The whole thing is like the weekend of like they all get to hang out, they all get to like watch the dunk. Con- Even the stars watching the dunk contest is fun because they all go nuts. The three-point shootout is so exciting because that actually probably draws the biggest names now. The dunk contest is like, eh, hit or miss. We don't need all that. And if it's just the game, which I think is like the plan now is just to have the game and maybe like one other thing on the Saturday night or whatever, we don't need that. Make it like uh, the NFL did and like just put them into a 2K game and let them play 2K. People will watch that. Yeah, I mean, didn't they watch it when they did 2K last year, uh, when the COVID thing like yeah. first broke out? I remember like Trey Young and, and Durant were like battling people on 2K, and people watched that shit. So yeah, and Durant got crushed in the first round. It was like a huge thing. He <laughs> <laughs> did. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I would probably be terrible. I haven't played 2K in like five years. <laughs> but I think ultimately this is going to happen, like you said, because of the money, and it's going to be really hard to watch a game where you know everyone there doesn't want to play. Like, yeah. I, I can trick myself into believing that, that James Harden wanted to play on Saturday against the Sixers, you know? As much as he clearly didn't in the fourth quarter, he did want to play them because it was a game that mattered. This is not a game that matters, and this is a game that could potentially put them at risk, and it's a game that keeps them away from their families. There's just so many different aspects to this game that don't make any sense. I'm curious as to, like, how much money they're even getting to play. Like, how much money is it that these players get to play? I wonder if it's different depending on uh, how many votes they get or something. I don't know. Yeah, if, if they're a starter. Yeah. Um, I don't think the players care about the money. I'm sure they would all be like, fine, I'll, I'll sacrifice that money. It's it's just the league of all the advertising that comes with it. and Because they're not going to have fans. Like, it's not going to be selling tickets out. So it's it's... I don't even know what the math is telling Adam Silver to do this. I'm sure there's a reason why it's a, why it's happening. There's got to be a lot of money, but it can't be worth it. The more important thing is the playoff run afterwards that we yeah. see every year. Like the All Star Game doesn't actually happen halfway through the season. It's more of like a two thirds point. Yeah. So like that final third of the season is where players really like step up. So give them the week off. Like <laughs> let let them get healthy and and like you said mentally refreshed because i'm sure right now the season is just really tough on them oh it's got to be so exhausting i can't imagine playing this year like and it's crazy because you would never know it based on the like results because some of these this like there are players like having the best years of their life like career years and maybe that has to do with like the amount of games so they're not really getting out of rhythm maybe that has to do with the lack of fans so they're not having many distractions Maybe because there's nothing else to do, so there's not as many distractions. There's a lot of different, like, theories as to why so many guys are having, like, career years. But, like, you would never know it if you looked at the stats. However, there's got to be so much that is being taken away from them mentally. And, you know, more important things than than basketball are are going on that have got to be painful um, because of how rushed and, and, and complicated this season is. I hope that the guys can make it to the end of the season without like breaking down, uh, whether it be physically or emotionally. So if this is something that could be avoided by canceling this game, I'd have no problem with it. However, like you and I both mentioned, it probably won't be canceled. 
Yep. And to end our conversation, I'd like to talk about a trade that happened yesterday. And it's really an inconsequential trade league-wise, but it's interesting to think about. So Derek Rose from the Detroit Pistons has been traded to the New York Knicks as a re-team-up with his old coach, Tom Thibodeau, his old Bulls coach when he had his best years in the NBA. He was traded for Dennis Smith Jr. in a second-round pick to the Pistons. Dennis Smith Jr. was a top prospect coming into the league three years ago or four years ago. He just hasn't really turned out to be something special yet. So it doesn't matter. He's going to the Pistons. The Pistons are nothing great. But I just don't like this fit for the Knicks at all. They have this really fun young point guard, Emmanuel Quickly, who's coming into his own. And they're already screwing him with his minutes by giving a lot of his minutes to Alfred Payton, who's just a whatever guy. And now Derrick Rose is going to come in and take even more of those minutes. IQ is going to get like 10 minutes a game now for the rest of the season. It seems to me, this is what I think. This move is the Knicks saying, we really care about that play-in tournament. Like, we want to make sure that we're like the 10th or 9th seed. And if we get Derrick Rose, he can score enough to keep us in games against pointless opponents. And we will be the 9th seed or whatever. And that will just be better than we've ever – that will be better than anything that's happened to the team since Carmelo Anthony left. I wonder if that's the right move, though, for a guy like Quickly. Like, is he going to kind of suffer because of this move? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, I don't like the move. I understand the Knicks haven't been good in so long that the play-in tournament would be a huge like victory for them and their fan base. And with Thibodeau trying to change the culture, like you want some reward for that. And missing the playoffs again, like does look bad. But Derrick Rose is so short-term, so short-sighted. Like, okay, cool. You might win a pl- the playoff tournament and then get swept by the Bucks or the Sixers. And then next year, all you've done is, like you just said, like possibly stunt quickly. So I I get it. Like, I get why they did it. It's going to sell, like, not tickets because there's no fans, but I don't – yeah, jerseys. Like, no, I don't know who's going to yeah, buy a Derrick Rose Knicks know. jersey, so I, I take that back. I don't Derrick get it. Derrick Rose Knicks jerseys from when he was a bad Knicks, like, when he played <laughs> on the Knicks, like, seven years ago and was bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to get rid of Derrick Smith, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. so bad. They just was like, maybe we'll just trick the Pistons into thinking, like, we want Derrick Rose, but all we really want is to get rid of Dennis Smith. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a Derrick Rose fan when he was in his prime. I thought he was overrated and I've loved his comeback in the last few seasons. So I I want to root for him, but I don't like the Knicks. So I'm torn. (laughs) I'll, I'll root for him because they're not winning a championship this year. If, if he leads them to some kind of success, however small, good for Derrick Rose. But I think you're right. I don't, I don't think this is good. I think it's bad for many reasons. And I don't like the Knicks either, but I did like the fact that the Knicks had um, some good talent come out of this draft for them. They had quickly who is, I don't remember, he was like in the 50s in the pick. He was a second-round pick, right? Yeah, I have and no Obi, idea. <laughs> Obi Toppin, you know, he puts in some solid minutes too. I don't know if it's like Tibbs is like trying to stagger their minutes so that they don't get burnt out and lose, like you know, because the Knicks aren't great, right? So they're going to lose a lot of games, and that could affect a 
a rookie pretty emotionally. They might take that personally. They might think like, oh, it's because of me that we're losing so many games. I'm, and their games might regress. And I was thinking today, like, maybe this is wise. Maybe Thibodeau is realizing that the Knicks aren't great. So rather than put the responsibility on his rookies to be great right now, he'll give them a lot of minutes in the second half of the season when there's less pressure and they can flourish then. And then coming into next year, they will have great years. But then I remembered that there's a stupid play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. So, no, there is not going to be like a down part of the season for the Knicks. They're always going to be in play for at least the 10th seed. So, yeah, I don't know, man. If I was Emmanuel Quickly, I'd be pissed off because he's already been getting like random minutes every now and then. He'll come in for like the last minute and a half of the quarter, and then that's it. And I think he's good. I don't think he's like incredible, but he's definitely a good ball mover he's got good shot he makes a lot of threes i feel bad for him and i don't know what the knicks are doing this was a lose-lose dennis smith jr sucks and derrick rose is okay but he's not going to win you any great games so i think derrick rose should have came to a team if not the nets he should have came to a team like the nets who need a solid uh off the bench point guard who can score points when their best players are sitting the nets yeah. would have, i would have loved to have derrick rose on the nets right now he could have been our Spencer Dinwiddie or our mm-hmm. our fill-in Karis LeVert, kind of, in a way. And that would have been awesome. But we have fucking Chris Chioza and Tyler Johnson. <laughs> and it's not looking great, guys. I was, <laughs> It's not looking great with those guys out in the court. Oh, boy. Rough pod today. But any, any final thoughts, Mike? Uh, I think my final thoughts is just, I think... We're, we're starting to fall in the trap as Nets fans because this is such a polarizing team right now that we're overreacting on like every like game and we're missing the big picture. So I think as Nets fans, we need to ride out this next week and just understand like if we lose these couple of games, like we'll be sad on Thursday's pod or <laughs> airing on Friday. But at the same time, like, the best is still meant to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can just keep saying it. We we don't know our potential yet. We keep, like, getting knocked down. We, I feel like someone's just, like, chopping at our knee and yeah. saying, like, no, you're not you're not ready. <laughs> you can't see how good you're going to be yet. You have to go through all these trials and tribulations first. I and, hope so. I yeah, it's, hope it's, frustra- so. it's frustrating to, like, go through <laughs> it. But it'll be worth it, I hope. As a Nets fan, I've been so jarred because of the way that we used to Nets, the Nets being is like, you know, when they lose three or four games in a row, that's just par for the course. You know, there were stretches, even during that 2018, 2019 season, they lost seven games in a row once. And I didn't break a sweat because I was like, yeah, this is what the Nets do. They lose seven games in a row. If this, if the Nets lose like three games in a row this year, I'm going to like have a panic attack, which they already have lost three games in a row. But it's totally different this year, and I'm starting to get used to it now. It's February. I've been watching this team now for over a month. I'm pretty confident in all three of those big three to win games or to come back and win games when they need to. Kevin Durant does instill the most confidence in me, though, of the three. Yeah. So the fact that he's not going to be here this week is is, is kind of tough. Yeah. But and uh, one more thing. To come. One more thing to just add here, uh, a little bit of around the league. Just – Another year where the West is just so much better than the East. Like, I'm looking at the standings now, and 
the Memphis Grizzlies have played less games than most teams because they've had mo- more COVID stuff. They've only played 18 games. Mm-hmm. But the Grizzlies are 9-9, nine and nine, and they're the 11 seed in the West. Oh my God. If they were in the East, like with the record of 500, if you're going on percentage, they'd be tied with the Pacers for the five seed. <laughs> that's at crazy. 500. Like that's right now. This the the 11 and 14 Knicks are the eight seed. If they were 11 and 14 in the West, they would be like third to last. And that's just, uh, it's just, I don't understand why the East just can't figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel bad. Someone in the West is going to miss out, and they don't. They don't deserve to. Even the Kings are twelve and eleven. That's pretty good, and they'd miss the playoffs. The Kings have been playing really well recently. De'Aaron Fox has had a like really great season. Good. I'm really happy for him, and and he's finally really looking great, mm-hmm. as well as like role guys like Halliburton, even like Rashawn Holmes is good. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just bad luck right now for the East. I was really excited for the East this year. I thought they were going to be really deep. But, you know, you got teams like the Heat who are struggling early. The Raptors are struggling early. No one expected them to struggle. No one expected, um, you know, the, the Magic are usually at least in the bottom half of the of the playoff seating, and, and they're not looking so great because a lot of their guys are hurt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. Like, the top four teams or the top five teams in the East are about where they should be. And then there's, like, a huge drop-off, like, pretty, pretty much, like, seeds six through five. 15 are, are are kind of the same to me yeah and i and i hope that um the nets are not in that 6 through 15 coming to coming to playoffs mm-hmm. uh contention but i don't think they will be it's weird the east is weird for sure all right well that's it for this week's pod short one but i had a good time even though a lot of sadness to talk about <laughs> we'll be back on friday morning talking about the two games they play this week we got two games to cover We're also going to talk a lot about the league, talk about other news going on. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Maybe we'll live tweet. I keep mentioning that we'll live tweet one of these games and then we never do, but we will. We will live tweet and it's fun because live tweets, it's like getting a group chat from us, you know, just basically saying like that sucked or damn, take, take sham it out. That kind of stuff. You know what we need to do is not even live tweet. We need to live reply to other people. (laughs) Yeah, we should live reply. That would probably help us. All right. Thank you for Mike. My name is Josh. Thank you for listening to the best is net to come. Have a good one.